I hope you've had a great day. Of course, it's the, we celebrate the day of Pentecost. And uh, the portion of scripture I'd like to look at this evening has a very well-known verse in it. And the verse is, you, you'll know it if you come to church any length of time, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord Almighty. And I'd like to give the context in which that verse is, because verses of scripture become more powerful when we understand the context that they're seated in. So we have this jewel of a verse, but if we understand the setting that the jewel is in, it becomes more valuable to us in our experiences. I'd like to thank the tech team for all their help in making this happen. They're very, very patient. I appreciate that very much. Well, the background to this story is this. It's, again, from the book of Zechariah. And Zechariah was a what we would call a minor prophet. When we say minor prophets, we don't mean they're inferior to the other prophets. It just means they're the shorter books. So Isaiah would be a major prophet, and Zechariah would be a minor prophet. So Zechariah and Haggai are two books that run parallel. They're both overlapping. These were two men who ministered around the same time and into the same situation. Now, the background to this verse and what we're going to look at this evening is very simple. The children of Israel had been taken into captivity. During that captivity, we have the story of Daniel and all the exciting things that happened there. Um, later on, as God had promised and prophesied, after a set period of time, the children of Israel would be allowed to return to their land. And Zerubbabel, who's the guy we're going to talk about, led a group of 50,000 people back from what was Babylon, which they went to, was now the Persian Empire, back to the land of Israel. Zerubbabel was a prince leader, very, um, very interesting character. And it was during the time of Cyrus that he was given permission to return. For those who like these sorts of things, that was in 536 BC. But when they returned, Cyrus um, was no longer on the throne, Persian Empire. Someone else came along and told them to stop building. So they started out to go back to rebuild the land after the exile. They got the foundations of the temple in. But another edict came, not from Cyrus, but from someone else who said, stop building. Later on, Darius comes to the throne and he then, and it's an exciting story, time won't allow, he then commands that the work recommence. So we have a period of 14 or 15 years when no work was being done. That's why the title, Get Back to Work. No work was being done. That was because of the edict from the Persian emperor. So Zerubbabel is there. We have Haggai preaching and teaching, and we read about this in Ezra 4, verse 5. And so we're at this place. The people of God have become quite discouraged. They've got involved in building their own houses, doing their own homes, and they had stopped trying to build the house of the Lord, the temple. The foundations were in, but no work was being done. And we come into chapter 4, and God is now intervening. God is coming to Zerubbabel to encourage him. The job has to continue. He has a mandate from God to complete this project, and God comes to encourage him. So let me read that to you. We're in Zechariah chapter 4. 
The angel who talked with me returned and waked me as a man who is wakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it with seven channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl, the other on the left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. He said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And here we have our text. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, O mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know the Lord Almighty has sent me. Who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. So here's this word coming from the prophet Zechariah to Zerubbabel. We find that it begins with the angel coming, the messenger coming to Zechariah. So the angel talked to me and returned. He'd already had prophecies. He'd already had words from God, but the angel returned. And it says here, and wakened me as a man that is awakened from sleep. When I was in Bible college, I remember one of the lecturers saying, the greatest danger the church faces is that we fall asleep. That we just fall asleep. We let the world get on with it. We don't make a stand. We don't preach the truth. And, the, and those words have lived with me some 50 years since I was in Bible college. But I remember that statement, the greatest church, sorry, the greatest danger the church faces is to be asleep. And we find here that the angel messenger wanted Zechariah to be wide awake, to hear what God was going to say. He wakened me as a man that is wakened from sleep. The equivalent verse in the New Testament is we're finding Mark 13, 33, these words. Be on your guard. Be alert. Verse 36. Do not let him find you sleeping. Verse 37. The tenet of Scripture is always for the church to be awake, to be aware of what God is doing, to be aware of society needs, and to be involved. And the first thing I'd like to say to you very gently this evening, if I may, Forgive me, are you awake? Now, if you're asleep, you won't be hearing a word I say. So I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. Are you awake? Sometimes life can dull us down spiritually. We can begin to doze spiritually. We're not reading scripture. We're not as alert to what God might be saying. So the angel made sure that Zachariah was awake. The message that he had to share with him was too important for someone who was half awake. It's too important. And the message of the gospel demands that we as a church, as a Christians, that we are wide awake to the task. You know, the scripture says the night cometh when no man can work. We have a limited period to share the gospel. So let's be wide awake. I put down here on my notes, KT, wake up. But I think you are awake. It sounds almost critical. But you are awake. We are awake. We want to hear from God. Then in verse 2, the angel says to Zechariah, what do you see? And of course, it, we have that beautiful picture. We see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it and seven channels to the lights. 
Also, there were two olive trees by it, one on the right and the other on its left. Now, this was similar with the number seven to the candlestick that you would have found in the tabernacle and in the temple. But this was different. It's not exactly the same one. This one has a bowl at the top. It has seven lights, seven channels to the lights. But what is important to us at the moment is the fact that it, well, it was solid gold, which always speaks of deity, but two olive trees right and left of the bowl. So this lampstand was shining. Its lights were burning. No one had to fill it with oil. We didn't have any priest or anyone coming in to fill the oil bowls to keep the light burning. The olive trees either side of it fed this lamp continually. Now, God is building up in, into for the word for Zerubbabel in this. But he's saying to Zechariah, there is a constant stream of the Holy Spirit available to us all. And this is a picture very much, I believe, of the New Testament Christian. We are to, as Ephesians says, be being filled with the Spirit. We don't have two olive trees either side. We have God, the Holy Spirit. And he is prepared to fill us. A very famous line you'll have heard. God fills me with his spirit. The only problem is I leak. Well, I hope that's not the case. But be being filled. And on this Pentecost Sunday, remember the fact that God wants to fill you. That constant stream. It's a picture, a prophetic picture of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We find in Revelation 1.20 that there are seven candle lamps which are the churches. And we are a church that wants to shine. All our Elam churches around the country are seeking to shine for God. We're to be a city set on a hill. We're to be a light that isn't hidden. And we are that lampstand. We are something bright and hopefully attractive to other people. And they will want to come and know Christ in that, in that way. The question was asked, what are these, Lord? First of all, the first question is, what do you see? And then he describes the vision. Then he's asked a question, what are these, Lord? And almost the angel is quite confused. He said, do you not know what these are? In other words, he thought the guy would understand straight away, that he would understand the meaning of this. Don't you know? No, my Lord, he replied. And then it's in response to that not understanding what the vision meant, that we have our text, that tremendous verse. And the angelic creature said, he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, please, I just need to pause here. This was a personal word for Zerubbabel. And when it gripped Zerubbabel's heart, it would affect the nation. Till it catches the leader, it isn't going to catch the people. A personal word from the Lord. This is a word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, I would like to, I hope I'm not taking liberty here, but we have to be very wise when we give personal words of prophecy to people. Now, I'm not aware of any at the moment as causing confusion, but in my ministry, I have been aware of people who have said to people, this is the word of the Lord to, and not Zerubbabel, to someone else. You need to be very cautious when you attribute God's name to your utterances. 
Because I think that when the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not take the Lord God's name in vain, I think there's more application to something like this than it would be to swearing on other things. I remember in one church where I pastored, um, I, had, uh, I had the privilege of having an assistant minister, and one of my assistant ministers left, and, um, and we're still friends, by the way, he left, and um, a man in the church came up to me, and he said to me, a very nice man, cannot fault him, gracious man, he said to me, I believe God's told me now I have to be your assistant in the church. And I discovered that he'd been to a religious meeting, a, a Christian meeting, and someone had so-called prophesied to him that he would be my next assistant minister. I said to him, I had not heard from God about it, and I didn't think it was going to happen. I, 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 it really wasn't going to happen. Um, but I said, well, in case I'm missing the mark, I'll take it to the elders. And they agreed with me that this man would not be suitable for several reasons. Now, not everybody's suitable for everything. Sometimes you, 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 you start out in faith and discover it's not the right place. And we find that this man, he never recovered from this. I mean this. Um, he never recovered. He had to make a choice. Was the man who prophesied wrong? Did he hear wrong from God? Or was Gordon, Neal and the elders of the church out of the will of God? It was a terrible dilemma. I just wish the man who had prophesied over him, well, he, he hadn't prophesied over him. I don't know what he was doing, but it wasn't prophecy. And if I could have disciplined that man, I would have done. Because he caused a major pastoral hurt in that man's life. He was confused for years to come. Well, am I supposed to be? Am I in the will of God now? So I'm sorry to speak so directly, and I hope Pastor Colin and the leaders will not be offended by me saying this. But please, it takes a moment to say something, and it can take a lifetime to put it right. But this was within no doubt a word from God. In fact, later on, the angel says, you will know that it was from me because it will come to pass. We need to measure prophecy. We need to see it comes to pass. And if it doesn't come to pass privately, courteously, pastorally, we really need to address some of these issues. Uh, sorry, a bit of a bee in my bonnet. Thank you for letting me share that. And so the answer came back to him. What is this? And to help him understand, he said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Very simple. And you know what the word of the Lord was? It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so what was happening was maybe the children of Israel, maybe Zerubbabel, was thinking of the might and power. Now, the might and power may well have been the Persian Empire. Maybe he was waiting for Persia to come to the rescue. We don't know. All we know is God says, listen, you're looking in the wrong place. You're searching for the strength you need in the wrong place. It's a bit like the scriptures. Don't go down to Egypt. It's not going to be found in Egypt. It's not might or power. And then we have this great declaration. Perfect, I think, for Pentecost Sunday. He says, very simply, it's not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I've deliberately paused there. I haven't finished the verse. It doesn't say, thus saith the Lord. It says, thus saith the Lord Almighty. And 
Zerubbabel was going to hear from Zechariah that the God who would work through his spirit was none other than the Lord Almighty. And you and I face challenges. We've got the challenges. Some of you face challenges with employment. You'll find it maybe difficult to pay the bills. You're facing challenges of lockdown and uh, maybe loneliness. And we hope that's not the case. I mean, we're, the church is doing all it can so you don't feel on your own. But please, in the midst of that, let's not forget that it's not by might or by power. We thank the government for all they do. We thank everybody, the National Health Service, brilliant. I stand outside my house and clapped on Thursday evening and glad to do it. I applaud them all. I really do. But at the end of the day, it's by the spirit of the Lord Almighty. See, the virus isn't almighty. Christ is almighty. The Lord is almighty. And Zerubbabel would have to understand that. Don't trust in your, your giftings, your leadership abilities. He was a prince. Don't trust in your background. Don't trust in Darius. He gave you permission to start the work, but God will complete it. So please be encouraged. The one who says to you, he will strengthen us. It will be done. It will be achieved by his spirit is not the Lord. Of course, it's the Lord, but it's the Lord Almighty in that situation. And I pray that some of you might take that in faith and apply it. And when you pray, why don't you say, Lord Almighty, remind yourself as you pray in faith that the God we're speaking to is another than Almighty. The church is to shine for God. This lampstand was to shine. Its purpose was to shine and to give light. Um, it's the source of divine grace that gives us all strength. Well, moving on a little further, if we needed a, a New Testament verse to help balance it, and I find that helpful. I find an Old Testament verse, and then I find a New Testament verse that complements it. So what is God saying? He's saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. So Zerubbabel, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Zerubbabel, I'm the Lord Almighty, we'll get this job done together. The equivalent is the picture of the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. Again, that link of life flowing from God into us, because without him, we can do nothing. Kenjin in Temple and the staff and the pastors, I have got to say, are working phenomenally. I don't know when they have a break, when they have time off, it really is. And the backroom staff, are, uh, for every minute you see someone on TV, there's about five hours going on behind the scenes to make that happen, you know. And we, we, we thank them for all their work. But at the end of the day, they will not mind me saying this, that no matter how much talent we have, how much giftings, how much resources we have, at the end of the day, if Kensington Temple is going to move to the next level in God, we're going to come through the crisis and we face challenges. We're not denying the challenges. We face some challenges lately. We're facing challenges uh, on different levels. But I'll tell you now, we're looking to God. We're not looking to ingenuity or cleverness or the latest whatever. We know that if our church is going to go forward, if we're going to fulfill what God has for us, we've got to realize that it's by his spirit of the Lord Almighty and us cooperating with it. Well, great thing about scripture, 
Scripture doesn't ignore problems. You know, when people say to me, how are you? My natural reaction is to say, I'm all right. And then I think about it for 10 minutes, and I think, well, maybe I'm not really, but that's the way we are. But Scripture doesn't, I mean, you see, the challenge that Zerubbabel had. See, without the problem, Zerubbabel wouldn't have needed the word from God. And it was quite simple in verse 7. What are you, O mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel faced a mountain. Some commentators say that it, actually it was a mound of earth and debris that needed to be moved before they can continue to build the temple. Others say the mound was the, the, um, the inactivity of the people of God. There are different ideas. It doesn't matter what that mountain was. But you may be facing that mountain. You may be having a mountain that is stopping you from fulfilling the purposes of God in your life. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to give you a list because you'll pick the easiest one. Okay. It says, oh, mighty mountain. What are you, oh, mighty mountain? This was, you know, a challenge to this problem. What are you? You know, what are you? Now, this doesn't deny the problem. I've met some Christians that say, well, it's a sin to even admit, admit you're sick. I've never known anything. It's a daft. You know, we, we, we acknowledge we need a doctor. We acknowledge, we thank God, we applaud them. But at the end of the day, we know God is sovereign and God is Lord and he will come and do what he wants. We pray, we ask, and God is God. Very good. What are you, O mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. In other words, God saint the Zerubbabel, start work again, get involved, You've got discouraged. Nothing's happened for 15 years. You're wondering, will this job ever be finished? Will I ever, will, will I live to see the end of it? And God says, not only will you live to see the end of it, he says, you're going to be at the opening of the temple. Because says there, they will bring out the capstone to God bless it, God bless it. In other words, Zerubbabel, this job's going to be finished. This job is going to be completed, not by human resources, but by the Spirit of God coming and strengthening and working and helping. Before Zerubbabel, you become level ground. His leadership was affirmed. The completion was affirmed. Then you will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. And then in verse 8, the promise is given. The word of the Lord came to me because we know it was the word of the Lord because the temple was um, completed. And that was found in BC 516 and Ezra 6, 14 and 15. You really need to read the book of Ezra is great. Great favorite of mine, that book there. And so it says in Ezra 6, 14, so the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah. Good to know that they prospered under the preaching. This is, the, Ezra is one of the first books where preaching in that sense is is. Um, promoted I believe I've, I didn't have time to find the verse it's in Ezra where there, there was the first pulpit so we have here people working on the word of God so God's saying it's by his spirit and along with the spirit we have the word we we don't have a choice friends I bet people say well I'm of the spirit sorry you can't do that I'm sorry or you know I'm of the word please don't don't be daft we have to have both who, who breathed the word into being? It was the Spirit of God. So we can't diverse. We can't separate them. Now, we may, you may prefer study 
to the gifts of the spirit. You may that you may go that you may prefer the gifts of the spirit. You may lean towards that, but you cannot say one against the other. That is so so negative. So the elders continue to build, and so the the promise was given there that they were going to finish the job. Now, and we're almost there. You've been very patient. Um, the text says, and then it follows on there, who despises the day of small things? So having had the promise that the job would be completed, and the the the, uh, the prophet said, then you will know that the word the Lord Almighty has sent me because the job will be completed. It's the test of prophecy, really, as it comes to pass. Um, I'll, I've said enough. I'll stop there. And then he, we have in verse 10, who despises the day of small things? In other words, you know, I, if I, I was brought up in my home church, and I can't say a bad word against my home church. I had one pastor. I'll name him George Rutherford. Love the man. He was the great man for me. Um, I was brought up very much in a, an era when revival was round the corner, round the corner, it's coming, get ready, revival's on the way. Now, please, I'm now 69, and it's still coming. Uh, I mean, if it's round the corner, I'm living on a roundabout. It hasn't arrived. Now, we cannot sit and wait for a revival to turn up to do the work for us. We have to be involved. Now, like the lockdown, some of you have continued to work from home, Others of you will be going back to work soon, maybe part-time and that. But as a church, like Israel, we need to get back to work now. We can't wait for something else to happen. We have to do what we can. We have to take the promises of God that the job will be finished. We have to take the principles of God that it's by his Holy Spirit that the job will be done. Jesus said, I will build my church. The gracious thing is that he allows us to be part of that process. But at the end of the day, he will build the church. You see, don't despise the day of small things. You might say, well, not a lot's happening. Please, you, you can't say that. You, you're not allowed to say that. We mustn't despise them. If only one person got saved in a calendar year, that year was worth it. Now, there'll be more than that. If only one person gets touched by God and healed, in a calendar year, it's still worth it. We, we will not despise that. We will say, thank you, Lord, for the one. But we're going to believe God for more. We're not really pleased. That's not a, uh, that wasn't a faith statement. That was a numerical number I pulled. But we can do that. And then it says there, there's a second part of the verse. It's very good. It says, do not despise the day of small things. The scripture says there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Now, People think that's the angels rejoicing. I don't think so. This is your homework. All right, I try and set some homework every week. This is your homework. Who, it says, in the presence of the angels. Who's in the presence of the angels? It's God. It's God who's rejoicing. God rejoices over one soul. And yet we can look down and think, well, there's not a lot happening. Oh, what about this? Please, come on. Let's give thanks for what we've got. Because as gratitude flows, we can so often find that God will give us more. Well, we're almost there. The last part of that verse is, men will rejoice. Well, well, we'll have some of that. Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Now, I actually have a plumb line here. This is a plumb line. Now, 
with great respect to Dr. R.T. Kendall, I've not known him use any props. So I'm one up on him. Okay, that's a plumb line. I found it in my garage. In fact, it was in a never been used. So it's spot on. And basically, you hang a plumb line by a wall to see if the wall is straight. This will always hang true. Vertical, it will always be vertical. And I just wondered to myself, why did God say to him, men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel? Not very impressive, is it? I mean, a plumb line. And then I thought, well, I thought, well, it's the only tool, and I'm sure somebody will correct me, but go with me on this one. It's the only tool that you use when you are building. You know, for example, you can use a shovel to knock, dig a hole to do, knock something down or a, a hammer or a, a pickaxe or whatever. So many of the tools can be used for building and for destruction. And I think what God is saying to Zerubbabel is this. Zerubbabel, you have to do something now. You just can't sit now. You've heard a word from God. God is with you. God has affirmed you. God's given you a promise. He's told you to book the buffet for the opening of the temple. Again, it's going to happen. But as with all promises, there has to. The principle is that Zerubbabel is not going to happen without human effort. Here, what is the plumb line? And he had to pick up the plumb line. And when people saw the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel, they knew they were starting work again because that was a sign that the walls were going to be built on the foundations. I wonder if there's a plumb line you have to pick up. I wonder if there's something that will send a signal to God that you're back at work, that you've, for whatever reason, when I was young, it was called backslidden. You were backslidden. Uh, not the greatest of terms, but it'll do for now. You know, you've drifted away. You've not been involved in building. Okay, there's things that have upset you. There's things you've questioned, there's things that you're not sure about. But please, those things should not stop you serving God. What do you need to pick up? For Zerubbabel, it was the plumb line that would say, we're starting work again. Please. You might need to pick up your Bible. And God will know you mean business when you start to read your Bible. It might be prayer. It might be giving. It may be a whole host of things. I don't know. But friends, pick up something that will be a faith statement to your own heart and to God's that you're back at work again. Zerubbabel had the promise the job would be finished. All he had to do was lead the people. All he had to do was go forward. In the New Testament, the New Testament does not expect the Ephesians 4 gift of pastors, of prophets, apostles, and teachers, etc., and evangelists to do the job. It's for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints for the work of service or the people of God so the body of Christ might be built up. You have a great range of ministries at the church. You really do. And it's exciting what Pastor Colin's saying about other ministries coming in. Those who are involved in that, we think that's brilliant. Let me assure you, it's brilliant. We want to hear what God is saying. We want that to be said. But at the end of the day, it's the work is not going to be done by the great music, and we've got that. 
By great tech, we've got that. By great leadership, we've got that. But what we have is we our task is to equip you, and I'm trying to do this now, encourage you to be involved in the work of God. Don't let anything stop you going up for God, please. Um, some time ago, I preached a message on servanthood. You probably won't remember it, but it was a Sunday morning. And I asked you not to leave home without a towel. It was about um, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Well, I'm going to add something to it. Please don't leave home without your towel, which is a symbol of your servanthood. But please don't leave home without your plumb line. Because we are going to, together, under God's grace, by the work of his spirit, we are going to build something. The virus will not knock us off course. Other challenges we face will not knock us off course. The mandate has not changed. We've been planted to serve and to reach people worldwide, Greater London and the neighbourhood. And with God's strength, we will do this. So let me repeat the, the text that I made. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Okay? It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. This Pentecost Sunday, before you go to bed tonight, will you ask God to fill you afresh with his Holy Spirit so that you're overflowing, that you will then go out with your plumb line and do something for God and make a contribution. Thank you for listening. You've been very patient and um, we'll look forward to seeing you again sometime. And God bless you and your families and your homes. Amen.